Let's go to the Lord in prayer together this morning before we open the Word. Father in heaven, we come before you once again this morning and how privileged we are to gather together to open the Word before our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our lives. God, I pray, just as we sang, I pray that this is is truly the song and the desire of our hearts today, that we truly want you to open our eyes to see Jesus clearly in your Word, to see clearly what he has accomplished on our behalf through his death and resurrection Father, help us to see clearly in the Word this morning who Jesus is and why He came and why this is so important for us to understand and believe. Father, show us Your Word. Show us Your truth. Illuminate it for us today. Use the Holy Spirit. Open our hearts and minds to the wonderful truths in Your Word that we're going to gather around now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to go with me again this morning, John chapter 20, and we started here last week, and I just want to emphasize here again this morning the purpose or the theme of the Gospel of John. We just started this new series of studies in the Gospel of John last Sunday. I want to go back here to point out to you and just kind of put a finger here and say this is the purpose. This is why John is writing in the Gospel of John, and really this is why we're studying here John chapter 20, look at verses 30 and 31. We find the purpose or theme of the Gospel of John here. When John writes, Now Jesus did many other things, many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. And then verse 31 really points to the purpose for his writing. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. So very simply stated this morning, John's purpose in writing this gospel is to persuade people to believe in Jesus, and he adds this, which points back to our passage of study this morning, and says that by believing... By believing, you will have life in his name. Now, let's look at the first 13 verses of John chapter 1. Go back to John chapter 1. It's here John begins encouraging us to believe in Jesus. He's given us this instruction so that we would believe, so that you will believe, so that I will believe, and have life in the name of Jesus Christ and so let's come back here. Let's begin. And I want to read, beginning in verse 1, though we looked at the first three verses last week, I want to include them. And I'm going to read through verse 13 this morning. And then we're going to come back and look at these verses 4 through 13 this morning. Look at verse, uh, verse 1, chapter 1, the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light 
that all might believe through him, that is Jesus Christ. He was not the light, that is John, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And then verse 9, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, we see there's a repeating theme here, and and you may have noticed it, and there's a word here that's repeated several times. The word is life. It's a concept John points to frequently in the Gospel of John. We see it in John chapter 20 and verse 31 where I just read that by believing you may have life and you have it in Jesus' name, by believing in Jesus' name, you have life. Now we began noting last week seven names for Jesus seen here in John chapter 1. And the first name seen in verse 1 is that Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Jesus the Word because, well, because He reveals the mind and heart of God. Jesus is the Word because He reveals the heart and mind of God. God in human flesh. God incarnate come to be the sacrifice for sinners. And so much is communicated to us about the heart and mind of God through the coming of Jesus Christ to be a sacrifice for our sins to go to the cross, to shed His blood, to be tortured and killed for our sake. Jesus, the sinless one, taking the punishment of our sin on His shoulders and then being killed and then raised from the dead in three days to new life, to conquer sin and death and hell and the grave. So much is said about the heart and mind of God through the coming, the incarnate Lord Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, and how wonderful that is for us to know. God revealed in Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Word. Now we come to verse 4, and we see another name for Jesus in chapter 1. Verse 4 says, look at it again, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. John says, In Him was life. Now, what is it that characterizes this life? And we see a characteristic of this life in Verse 4, here in verse 4, John says that this life is the light of men. Jesus, the light. Last week it was Jesus, the word. This week it's what? Jesus, the light. That's the next name we see here for Jesus. Mark it down, maybe just put a note here beside verse 4. Jesus, the light. Now, why is Jesus the light? Well, Jesus is the light because, well, here's why. Because life comes from light. Life comes from light. Light is life. Jesus is the creator and sustainer of all life. Verse 3 points to this when it says that all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. 
All things find its, their, its life in Christ. In the Lord Jesus Christ, He sustains life. And so we're told in verse 4 that in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Light is life. That is a common theme that we see in the Bible. Light is often compared to godly wisdom in God's Word. Life is often compared to righteousness. Light is often compared to life in God's Word. It's also something we know from nature. We know to be very true from nature, correct? God's creation, you know that if you want your plants to grow this spring and this coming summer, even so, come Lord Jesus, come summer, right? Um, we wanna, we wanna see summer, right? <laughs> you know that if you want your plants to grow this summer, they're gonna need something. They're gonna need a, a few things, but one of them is critical. They need light, correct? They need light to, to flourish and turn green. Turn over any rock, and I doubt you're gonna find anything flourishing green, right? That's growing and green. You might find something green, but it's probably not gonna be a plant under a rock, okay? Because light is needed, correct? Light is life. The other side of this common theme in the Bible of light being life and righteousness is that is that of darkness. It's the other side of this equation. Darkness is often associated with sin. Darkness is often associated with death. Deeds of unrighteousness. In John chapter 3 and verse 20, John says this, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Isaiah 29 and verse 15 puts it like this. Ah, you who hide, get this, hide deep from the Lord your counsel, whose deeds are in the dark, and who say, who sees us? Who knows us? As if, as if we can hide from God the things we're doing, right? God says in Jeremiah 16:17, "For my eyes are on all their ways; they are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes." Why does he say that? Why does he say their iniquity is not concealed from my eyes? Because the nature, the human nature of mankind is to cover sin, to cover the darkness, to hide it in the darkness, right? But God says, you can't hide your sin from me. You can't hide your iniquity from me, nor is there iniquity concealed from my eyes. And this is just what John is pointing to in John chapter 1 and verse 5. Look at verse 5 when he says, look at it again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here's here's an obvious point, okay? But let me make it anyway. Light outshines darkness, right? Light outshines darkness. And Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in what? Darkness. He will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of what? Life. Light is life. Light outshines darkness. Think about the sunshine streaming through the windows this morning. And we enjoy the sunshine, right? Um, someone this week said, I like the rain, but I love the sunshine, right? And I'm like that too. I like the change in seasons. I like different kinds of days, but give me too much rain and I'm going to be going, Lord, please give me some sunshine. 
right? We love the light. We love the, the, the wonderful sunshine that God has created and given to us. What a precious gift it is. Light is life, right? It kind of feeds your soul. You think about spiritual light. It feeds your soul. Even, even the light God created can feed your soul. Why? Because often when we want to do things that are contrary to God's Word, we pull the blinds and we go in places that are private and secret. When we open the blinds and, and the light streams in and we open the, the Word, which is the light of the Lord, it, it exposes our sinful deeds, our sinful nature, right? Light is life. Later in John chapter 12 and verse 46, Jesus points to this as the reason He came to outshine the darkness as the light of life. Listen, John 12:46. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in Me may not remain in darkness. Now here's the point. The darkness of sin is overcome by the righteousness of Christ. The darkness of sin and hell and death and the grave is overcome, overpowered, totally defeated by the righteousness of Christ. Amen? How precious to know that from God's Word. That's why Jesus is the light. Darkness is overcome by the light. Light conquers darkness. Darkness will never Overcome light. Light means life. And Jesus the light means life for those who believe in His name. So believe in His name. Right? We also see here that God sent a witness. God sent a witness to come before Christ proclaiming this truth. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, John's not writing about himself here. The Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John. And the Apostle John writes here in verse 6 of John the Baptist. And once again, we see the grace of God. Listen, this is the grace of God clearly revealed for us in, in what he is pointing to here in the Gospel of John. The grace of God is clearly seen in the fact that, that God sent those who were forerunners to Jesus Christ, who would proclaim that the light was coming. The light of life and the Lord Jesus Christ was coming. Once again, we see the grace of God revealed in the sending of a witness to proclaim the good news of Christ Jesus. Look at verses 7 and 8. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He was not the light but came to bear witness about the light. So John wasn't the light himself, right? He was a witness about the light. He was a forerunner to Christ. He was going to point to Christ. Why? Why was he pointing to the light? Why verse 7 says, that all might believe through him. That all might believe through Christ. Now, we know that John the Baptist was not the first witness to the light, right? There were others who came before John who pointed to the light, the light of life, Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about some of those tonight. We're going to come back and talk about some of the forerunners to those who came. and um, Some of those who were forerunners to John, John included, and then those who came after John, and then talk about our 
responsibility to be to be a herald, a messenger that points to the light. We're going to talk about that tonight kind of in depth, so you kind of hold that as a thought. We're going to come back to that tonight. But he was not the only witness in the light. He was not the first witness to the light of life, Jesus Christ. There were others that preceded him. He also was not the last witness to the light of life, Jesus Christ. But just as there have been others who point to the light of life, John the Baptist was also to, he was to do something. He was to bear witness about the light. He was to tell others about Christ and point to the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of life. Now, why bear witness about the light? Again, in verse 7. Why? So that all might believe through Him, through Christ. This is the same reason for which Jesus confronted Paul on his journey to Damascus. Jesus tells Paul, then Saul, that he's sending him for the purpose of telling others about Christ, the light. Remember the story of how Saul is confronted by this bright light? Huh, interesting coincidence, eh? No no coincidences in God's Word, right? He's confronted by this blinding light, and and he says, what? What's going on? And the light says, it's Jesus you're persecuting. You're going and persecuting me. Remember, remember, Saul was persecuting believers, and Christ confronted him and said, you're persecuting me when you persecute my church, when you persecute my people. And then in Acts 26 and verse 18, Jesus says, here's why I'm going to send you. I'm, going to tell, I'm telling you to tell others about me. This is, this is Paul's conversion <laughs> when he believes in Christ on the road to Damascus, and then in verse 18 of Acts 26, Jesus says, here's why, to open their eyes. Here's why I'm sending you, to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and place in a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You see the imagery of, of light and darkness there in the power of Satan, the darkness in the power of Satan, and the light in, in the power of God? That they may turn from darkness to light. Here's why I'm sending you, so that their eyes will be opened like yours are now open, Paul. Jesus confronted Paul and opened his spiritual eyes so that Paul could truly see what he was doing was wrong in in hunting down and in eliminating believers. And Jesus confronts him and says, I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, to turn from sin, to turn from Satan, the power of Satan, and turn to God. Why? That they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And here again, listen, here again is the grace of God at work. God sent messengers to point to the light. We see it in John the Baptist. Here in John chapter 1, God sent messengers to point to the light. And God sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, the light, so that people would turn from the power of Satan, as He says it in Acts, turn from the power of Satan to God, And those who believe in the light receive forgiveness of sins. How critical it is that we be messengers also 
When we become a follower of Christ, we are then commissioned into being messengers, light bearers, message bearers to, to point to the light of life, Jesus Christ. And, and that's John's appeal in verses 9 through 13. His appeal is one of receive the light. Receive the light and then go spread the light. Listen to John's appeal here in verses 9 through 13. You, listen. Look at verses 9 through 11 first. You need forgiveness of sins, and, and that's what we're seeing pointed to here. So believe and be saved is John's appeal. Look at verse 9 again. Because all those who bear witness to the light of life, Jesus Christ points to this true light. Verse 9, the true light. Who is that? It's Jesus, right? The true light, verse 9, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Now, there is a sobering truth here that to followers of Christ, I think, is hard to grasp. Jesus, the true light, Jesus, the life-saving, life-changing light that saves all who believe in His name is not believed by all, is He? And that's what John points to here. He came to His own and His own people did not receive Him. How, How can this be? Not everyone is willing to believe. I mean, Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life-changing, life-saving light that saves all who believe. And yet, this is a sobering truth that not all believe. Not everyone then, in Jesus' day, was willing to believe. That has not changed. Not everyone now is willing to believe. Even His people as a whole then wouldn't receive Him. Later in John chapter 3 and verse 19, John says, And this is the judgment. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Now, a follower of Christ might say, Why would you not believe in Jesus? How could you not believe in the one who gives life to everything. How could you not believe? Well, for some who won't believe, it's because they love their sin. They think they're having too much fun in their sin, and they'd rather not give it up. They think they're having more fun living like the devil than they would have living for Christ, and they're afraid that they would have to give something up. For some, the reason is the fear of man. They're afraid of what others may think of them. They don't believe in the light of life because they're afraid of what others may accuse them of or think of them. So they're afraid of mankind, right? And some who who won't believe, they've been deceived. They have the wool pulled over their eyes, so to speak. Others are hardened in their ways, and really in some way, in some measure, this is true of all who won't believe. They are deceived, and they are hardened in their ways. They are deceived by the darkness, and they are hardened in the ways in which they are living. But then we find this in verse 12. 
Verse 12, look at it again. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To all who do receive the true light, to all who believe in the name of Jesus, they all become what? They all become children of God. They're all adopted into God's family. I love adoption because it's a wonderful picture of what we are to Christ. We're adopted into, into, into God's family when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful picture this is. To all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. This isn't just the ability. This is also the power to be a child of God. See, to all who do receive the true light, to all who believe in the name of Jesus, they become children of God. If you trust in Lord Jesus Christ, you are God's child. Is that precious or not? Now, for some of us, you need to be careful here. So for some of us, we had earthly fathers that weren't the best earthly fathers, right? And if you compare your heavenly father to your earthly father, even the best earthly father cannot measure up to the heavenly father, okay? And, and guys, you may be the best earthly father, and you may be the best one. You may have the shirt to prove it and the coffee mug to prove you're the best father on earth. But you are nothing compared to your heavenly father, okay? And so earthly children... Be careful we don't compare earthly father to heavenly father because earthly father outdoes him by far. And how precious this truth that we are adopted, that we are made children of God when we believe in his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And just so we don't think that this is any doing of our own, we have this reminder in verse 13, and this is critical, because many in the world will tell you today, you need Jesus plus something else. And I'm here to tell you, you need Jesus plus nothing else. Don't bring anything to the cross. Bring yourself, that's it, and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, who were born, this is a new birth in Christ, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You see, becoming children of God is, is, is no doing of your own. Becoming a child of God is, is because of nothing you've done. You have not done anything to deserve to be, be a child of God. You need to know that. God's Word makes that very clear. We are born again by the power of the light of life, plus nothing else. Jesus Christ, and through His death on the cross for our sins, gave Himself for us and conquered sin and death and hell for us. And we add nothing to that. We bring nothing to our own salvation. You surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and He saves you through the shed blood of His one and only Son, the light of life. And we do not become children of God by blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. And here's what I take that to mean. You become a child of God not by way of your heritage, not by way of your parents' faith, not by way of the faith of their parents, not by your standing in life, not by your apparent goodness by the world's standards. And we could say we're good people by the world's standards, but, but in God's economy, we are all sinners in need of saving. Because we don't, he doesn't compare us to the world. He compares us to the spotless lamb of God, his son. 
a sinless son who took the punishment for our sins. And so you don't become a child of God by, by your standing in the world or, or by any good deeds compared to the world's standards. You come to Christ not by your own means, not by your own schemes, but only by faith in the one Son of God, the light of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one and only light of life. That's why John calls him the true light. The one and only, the true light. And Jesus himself said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Through his shed blood, Jesus gives the way of salvation. You realize that? Through His shed blood, Jesus gives the way of salvation. He is the light of life. Jesus the light, which brings grace and truth to those who are, who are dying in sin and error. Jesus the light. But how tragic to be among the many in the world who will not believe. How tragic to be among the many in the world who will waste their lives stumbling in the darkness without the true light. Without the light of life. But as John writes, John chapter 20 and verse 31, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. Believe in Jesus Christ and have life in His name. Jesus Christ, the one true light. Let His light shine in your life today through the power of this gospel we proclaim together this morning. If you are not a follower of Christ, I challenge you to think very carefully before you reject Him. Before you reject this message from God's Word. Examine your heart. God is is drawing you to Himself today. You You are here for a reason to hear this Gospel truth that Jesus, the light of life, compels you to come to Him and surrender yourself. Don't bring anything with you. You can't bring anything with you that makes you worthy of of salvation, but just surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Go to God in prayer today. Confess that you are a sinner. Tell Him you believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, the light of life, and be saved today. You're a follower of Christ. How encouraged how strengthened you ought to be by these truths today, that you have the light of life living in you and through you to enable you to do the things God commands that you do in His Word. You find God's Word difficult at times? Don't ever forget that He's not asking you to do anything that He hasn't enabled you to do with the power of His Spirit. Because Jesus Christ lives today, and He lives in all of His children. The light of life. Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, how precious and how true 
these truths to us and how challenging they are at times. But God, I pray as we come before You and praise Your name now in prayer, we praise You for these wonderful truths in Your Word. God, I pray that we would see see Jesus for who He truly is. Jesus the Word. Jesus the Light. God, I pray, shed light into our hearts through the power of the the Lord Jesus Christ and His Spirit alive within us as followers of Christ. God, illuminate our, our hearts and lives through the power of Your Word. Help us to surrender before You always, daily, to Your Word and to Your Spirit as You intend to do Your work through us, making us and shaping us in the image of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for those who are here today who may not be followers of Christ, that they would truly be convicted. Now, by the word of truth, by the light of life, Jesus Christ, that they would realize that Jesus Christ gave Himself to be broken and and sacrificed for their sins, that they might have complete and total forgiveness, their debt to you stand paid in full by Jesus Christ and His resurrection. Father, I praise You for these truths that we saturate our hearts in this morning. God, I pray, help them to live in our hearts and minds and lives this week and help us to rejoice in them. If we're followers of Christ, help us to rejoice in these truths. If we're not followers of Christ, God, help us to surrender to these truths and surrender to Christ today. And God, take us from this place, encouraging us, equipping us to be God's people who are ready to live in this world so that others would see the light of life, Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.